listening to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 6 through 9 of season 3. Spider-Man. Uh, well, I had to put the game down because I started getting it in my head that I was maybe being a menace. Mm. You've been you know, listening to JJJ again, haven't you? Uh, I might have. I mean, he makes some good points. He does. I mean, I don't know what I was spraying into those <clears throat> pigeons. Yeah, I mean, just swinging around like a weirdo leaving chemtrails behind you. I really like the uh, backpack collecting stuff because I do feel that adds like some neat little, little little extra like character building stuff in there. My favorite one that I found so far was a uh, a business card from uh, Murdoch. Murdoch. Yeah. yeah, him going like that blind guy gave me this in case Spider Man needs a lawyer. Hey, wait a minute! How do you know I was Spider Man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has a lot of really good stuff like that. Uh, I kind of immediately... Well, actually, all the side stuff I just went ahead and did as soon as possible and did all of it. Yeah. Um, But that game, um, it gets a whole lot more Arkham than you might expect, I'll say. Oh, no. Hobgoblins yeah. hidden 120 trophies around New York. That's basically the backpacks. Yeah, no, I, I know. It's the backpacks, and then when you finish the backpacks, then they got another version of that for you. Oh, no. With the, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I... I guess we're recording, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, I don't want to spoil the character that hands out the mission, but there is a second... Um, You'll know what I'm talking about. You gotta look through, like, cameras and look for, like, a hidden object in the environment to progress yeah. things with it. Yep. But yeah, that, I felt, kind of took the place of the backpacks after that, because that was sort of a collectible thing. Uh, a little bit. There aren't uh, actually like, in the many sense... of those, though. Sure, there's only, like, I think one per district. But... The... I think it's 12 total? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but, kind of but yeah, you're... Also, you oh. don't meet that character, like, nothing actually shows up from it. You kind of just show up and get a suit, and then you leave. Yeah, so that's part of why I mentioned the Riddler, because in the first two Arkham games, you don't meet the Riddler either. You do in a city. Oh, okay. Well, I actually think you I go into never his finished... lair. And you that have one. to do all that puzzle stuff in there. Yeah, I don't think I finished that stuff in City, I guess. Oh, okay. But yeah, I finished in the it first in... one in Asylum, like he was already off the island, so yeah. you don't actually meet him. This is more like that. In that sense, like it's just you listening to a phone call. Mm-hmm. But Spider-Man's good. I like it. Yeah. 
Even though yeah, right I'm now into... um, I'm finding it kind of a hassle to get anywhere. But I think that'll rectify itself pretty soon. I'm liking this game a lot, but I think I'm more looking forward to whatever they follow it up with in a really strange way. Yeah. Because I mean, it seems like a lot of this is building like the seeds for the next game. Mm-hmm. There's that, and uh, I also really enjoy all the stuff in it that's clearly taken from Sunset Overdrive. Like, a lot of the movement, specifically, like, uh, when you do that swing thing around the corner of a building. Like, that's directly from Sunset Overdrive. Did you ever pull out a guitar to do a area of effect attack? I think so. Okay, like, I was going to say, that seems there are a lot extremely of Spider-Punk outfit, by the way, is pretty good. It is. I like Spider-Punk in general. Probably the best thing Dan Slott's ever been involved with. Yeah. Sure isn't Mr. Negative, that's for sure. Quit being so negative on Mr. Negative. You see what I did there, that joke? You know, Mr. Negative is ah. fine. He's fine. I've never read a single Spider-Man comic with him in it. I don't really I know anything about either. him. I think he's I okay in this game. I didn't know who he was because I gave up on Dan Slott's Spider-Man run pretty early. Um, and I would occasionally check back in with it, but Mr. Negative wasn't in any of those issues, so I thought he was a character made up for this game. Like, look, in, in this, at the point in the story I'm at right now, which uh, seems to be maybe about 60% in on the game, he's still very much just Mr. Lee. I've not seen him actually do Mr. Negative stuff. Oh, he, uh, he hasn't gone all inverted. Yeah, well, I know he will eventually. It's just weird that they're holding that for so late in the game. Uh, but also, like, to kind of draw back to, like, uh, Arkham Asylum, you know, the Joker's a very powerful presence in that game he's a really great villain uh he was a big part of what made that thing so fun um there's nothing quite like that in spider-man like there really seems to be an almost like a lack of presence mm. as far as villains are concerned at least so far like it will yeah. probably turn around the weird thing about this game is it has these long stretches where kind of not much happens in it uh, yeah. and and then like the the raft segment is kind of where everything explodes, and that's also kind of what I was talking about. It gets kind of more Arkham-y than you might expect. Um, and that whole segment's really good. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Ugh. I looked ahead a bit, and from what I saw of that, though, that pops off, and that's basically the end of the game. Really? Yeah. Well, I yeah, guess I'm at the seemed... end of the game then. It seems like each mission that follows that is you just taking care of one of the Sinister Six members and then the game is over. Hmm. Eh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Like I said, I'm at the I'm at the part where you take control of MG uh, uh, can't talk. Uh MJ and she runs into Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, Tombstone's in the game. You know that villain that everyone remembers from Spider Man? <laughs> Yeah, people know Tombstone. This isn't, like, regular version of Tombstone, though. No, not at all. Uh, but I'm at that point in the game, and from looking at a walkthrough, it seems I'm about, like, maybe 60-65% through with, like, the main story. Hmm. Okay. One of the Tombstone missions is named What's He Building in There? And I appreciate a good Tom Waits reference. 
Yeah. What's on your tombstone? Uh, pepperoni and mushrooms. I gotta go with pepperoni, uh, anchovies, some feta cheese, pepperoncinis, fresh red peppers. Oh, delicious. You don't get that much on a tombstone. No, I gotta, like, I gotta doctor the tombstone. I gotta put my own stuff on. But that's not... Alright. Get real weird with my frozen pizza. Uh, we watched an anime. It's not about Spider-Man. Put anchovies on my Totinos. Oh, like a real fucking animal. Just, like, bl put them in a blender and then put it into a syringe and then inject that into some pizza rolls? Yeah. How about that? Put the Totinos in the microwave. Fuck it. That thing cost a dollar. What do you care? <laughs> I mean, they're called party pizzas for a reason. <laughs> it's a really sad party. Yeah. Imagine going party through... I like to imagine, like, you know, Bruce Wayne showing up to an elaborate gala and he goes to the refreshments table and there are just Totino's party pizzas sitting there. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a party this weekend. Uh, it's just going to be me. I'm going to jack off to some uh, Annabelle Perks videos and eat a Totino's pizza. But Annabelle Perks? Annabelle Peaks, I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, My bad. Okay. I see. I Great. couldn't remember if the pun was that it's perky or peaks. <laughs> Alright, sure. You have problems. <sighs> yeah, no, I got a lot. Episode Look, I don't know six. my porn actresses the way that you do. Yeah, well, we can't all, can't all have that talent. Episode 6. Koichi got a new bike! Hooray! Congratulations! He's really excited Koichi. about it. Yeah, he seems like an all-around nice kid. Uh, then he runs over a cat in a back. Well, yes. Oh man, cuts it in half. This thing's meowing in pain. There's blood everywhere, and then this real weirdo named Tamami. He's sitting nearby, and he's like, "Hey, kid, if you pay me, I'll bury that cat for you." Yeah. I mean, you know, Tamami just wants to be helpful. Yeah, no, I mean... Look, it's real fucked up what happened to that cat, but Koichi's just a kid, so... He'll take care of it. He'll take care of any problem. He's gotta pay him. Grease the wheels. Mm-hmm. You should always trust a guy that looks like Tamami does, too. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, three feet tall with giant facial scars? Absolutely. Yeah, and that weird... I don't even know what you would actually call that hairstyle. Uh, a disaster. Yeah. His hair looks like Toad from Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, that joke, will play in th <laughs> that joke will play in three weeks when this episode drops. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, Tamami also, by the way, that was his cat. Yeah. <laughs> He says something like, uh, no, don't worry, it's not your fault, it's the fault of a person who had it lying in the road. And then later is like, by the way, that was my cat, you need to pay me. Yeah. Uh, so he ends up using his stand on Koichi, which is like a giant lock that embeds in his chest. And uh, basically, like, the more uh, guilt somebody feels when they have this lock in them, the bigger it grows, the heavier it gets. And it can get so heavy, it can, like, I guess, crush him to death? 
Uh, well, no, it like drives them. Well, you find that out later, but it drives them to suicide eventually. Y yeah, like, look, it's not good to have this thing inside of you. You don't want to stand inside of you. I would also like to mention, uh, Tamami says that he graduated from their high school two years ago, so he's apparently yeah. 20. Um, yep. Boy, Tamami's Oops. had a rough life. Well, you know, we... Much like Jay-Z, he's got 99 problems and has aged him considerably. Yeah. Call back 99 problems, but a cat ain't one anymore. Happy birthday, Tamami. Happy birthday, Tamami! Yeah! Yeah! Let's go, Tamami! Woo! You did it! You really put that cat in the bag. <laughs> Who let the cat out of the bag? Not Tamami. Congratulations on your, like, seven Japanese dollars that you extorted out of this little boy. It's more than that. Oh, it was like, what, 7,000 yen? So I guess it would be like 70 bucks? I thought it was 70,000. Well, yes, it was like 70 bucks, but that would be like 7,000. Yeah, yeah, okay. You dropped the last two zeros. Yeah, you said $7. I've, I've imported a lot of Gundam model kits, so I think I understand the conversion yeah. rate. Of it's not quite uh, uh, that, but it's close enough that it gives you an idea. Yeah, it's not much. So Tamami wants, like, a lot more. A lot more. I think he wants, like, what? Five hundred thousand, or was yeah. it over a million? I don't remember. I don't think I actually wrote it down. No. He wants a lot. I think he, he wants more than a child would have. Yes. I feel like he wants what would be the equivalent of fifty thousand American dollar. Yeah, I, that sounds right to me. I think it is 500,000 yen is what he wants. But anyway, uh, nearby, while this is going on, is uh, Okusaku and Josuke. And they're like, they see this happening and they go like, ha ha, uh, that's so Koichi. He's hanging out with weird old men again. Yep. They don't think anything strange about it. Yeah. Uh, so... Tamami just, like, grabs Koichi's wallet, and then, like, the guys finally get on over there, and, uh, Okasaki punches this dude, and he, like, falls on purpose and breaks his front tooth. Uh-huh. Just smashes it right out of his... And it's like, whoops, I don't have insurance, I'm a burden on the system. <laughs> well, you know. I wonder what the insurance situation's like in Japan. Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. It must be I don't bad think I've because, ever looked into... Well, there's always that stuff about, like, oh, I have to pay for my sister's medical bills or something, you know, like uh, Nishikiyama's whole storyline in um, the first Yakuza, or Yakuza Kiwami yeah. was about that, and it seems like that's sort of a common thing. So it must be bad? There was, uh, in Persona 5 too. I know that your teacher character, I guess, was tangentially responsible for like a student dying oh, yeah, or ending yeah. up in the hospital and like their parents extort her for what they say is the medical costs. Yeah. yeah that seems like a yeah. common enough thing in Japanese media that I would guess their situation is probably not much better than what we have which is yes, a nightmare. Also, 
related to this episode, uh, suicide, also a big thing in Japan because it it too ends up in a lot of media. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a big thing everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, Japan suicide is is look. It's kind of a big cultural thing they're with ending up in a lot. It's it's more of a deal than it is in the United States. Put it that way. Uh, okay. It, it it definitely is. No, um, it's not. Well, I don't. I mean, culturally speaking, it is more rooted in. Look, like, they don't commit seppuku anymore. We've gone over. No, this. no, no. I no. They jump in front of trains. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, have you seen the bullet trains? Like that's. It's a good yeah, thing no, to jump in should... front of. Yeah, look, if you want to, if you're committing suicide, you want to make sure it takes, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Bullet train will get it done. Yeah, you don't want to end up like uh, arse face from preacher. Just like stick a shotgun in your mouth and then uh, don't get the job done. That's not good. Yeah. But yes, like the American medical system is completely fucked up, uh-huh. top to bottom. And uh, I don't know exactly what it's like in Japan, but it is so prevalent in their media that I would assume it is also a nightmarish quagmire. Probably. So, yeah. Good times. Yeah. But this kid, Josuke, he knows one trick, and the doctors really hate him for it. He just sticks ghost hands into people's body and makes them feel all better. One weird trick to solving your broken tooth. Yeah, so, like, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but, uh, Okuyukasaka is, like, he's starting Okuyasu. to feel guilt now, so he also, yeah, sure, um, look, I'm gonna get a lock in my chest because I'm starting to feel guilty not pronouncing this cartoon character's name right. You should. I don't know. So he starts feeling guilty. He's got his own padlock, and then Josuke shows up, and he's like, "Hey, this cat in this bag is actually just a stuffed toy." Also, here, let me put my ghost hands into this man's face, and now his tooth is all better. So you two nerds can stop feeling guilty. Well, the the stand stuff actually isn't for the tooth. Like the tooth was just a fake. No, no, I thought that he uh, actually no, healed the tooth. Well, he, no, he heals his face where Okuyasu punched him, and then he just takes the tooth and mm. just pops it back in. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, that was just part of his grift. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I didn't, like, take that exact note down, but there is something much later in this episode that makes me think that Tamami is maybe not above actually breaking the tooth off. Eh, yeah, maybe. I he fucks himself up real good later in this episode, man. Eh, well, no, because he also actually says he's not really doing it. Yes, but but still, I respect the big steely nuts on this tiny man for yeah. doing what he did, even though he didn't really like go for it. One thing I would like to mention here, um, which I am going to pose as a question, even though I didn't bother to look it up. Okay. Uh, these locks that he makes appear in them look exactly like um, the locks that appear in Phoenix Wright games when you use a Magatama and you're supposed to be like uh, breaking through people's barriers and figuring out when they're lying about something. Mm. And so I wonder 
they must be like a traditional like old style of Japanese padlock. Like, do you know? No, I wonder. Like, have you I, seen no, because I didn't else? even know that was. No, I. Uh, actually, I want to say I saw them in a video game. Phoenix Wright. It's when you no, use not, a magatama. Oh. <laughs> well, shut up, you jackass. It's always Phoenix Wright with you. Um, no, I actually, I think it might have actually been like a SMT game. Oh. Hmm. Oh, maybe in like um, Devil Summoner or something. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. That's actually. I mean, no, I don't have an answer for you. I don't know if that's a traditional well, Japanese law. Well, great. But I am now curious as well because I do think that I've maybe seen those pop up in some other places. Yeah. Um. I had not considered it until he brought it up. Oh hey, you want to know what the locks uh the lock stand's name is? Because they uh, never sure. say it in the show. Yeah. The lock. Uh, That's what oh. it's called. Oh okay. Uh huh. Well, I I mean. Y- yeah. So apparently it is. Is that a is that a musical reference? I don't understand. Kind of. Uh. Uh, the the JoJo... hand was kind of a musical reference, so... Yeah, this is about on the same level. Yeah. Uh, well, this is kind of a result of, you know, English-Japanese translation, because JoJo Wiki lists its namesake as The Rock, the song by The Who from Quadrophenia. So... I'm not... These are bad music references. Like, well, this and the hand are bad music references. Well, we get a good one next episode, so... Yes. But right now, they aren't so great. Yeah. Well, he probably uh, never even really meant to name this one, considering nobody mentions yeah. what it's called here. Yeah. So, um... Joe's K tells him that he needs to, like, give the wallet back... And he does, and then he, like, runs off, and they notice that he tore, like, the top corners of the money and put it in the wallet, and then actually took the the cash with him. Mm-hmm. he's a real piece of work. And, like, even then, it's not good enough. He's just like, oh, that Koichi guy really made a fool of me, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back with him. I'm gonna fuck his mom. <laughs> sure. I'm gonna become, the, I'm gonna do the ultimate grip to become this man, this boy's ch- father. Then I'll be the head of the household, and then I'll get my 500,000 yen. Force his mom and take her for everything. Tomami's all about the long con. Well, no, he's not, actually. Tomami is all maybe, about the short I maybe con. Didn't, I maybe didn't watch the rest of this episode. I don't know what happened. Uh, okay, well, he goes to Koichi's house... Well, Koichi yes. comes home and finds him already there. Uh, quick, real quick though, Koichi's dog's name is the Police. Uh huh. Which is, that's a good music reference. That's a real good one. They don't mention it here, do they? Isn't that in the Yukako episodes? Oh, okay. No, he mentions he mentions it again, but he first mentions it here. Okay. Yeah, the Police uh, is a good name for the dog. Yeah, but he walks in and Tamami is there giving his mom a back massage. Yeah. Ugh. 
And so, like, his whole plan here is that he's claiming to return Koichi's wallet, uh, and that his, which is, like, completely identical, was, like, swapped on accident when they bumped into each other, and his wallet had 500,000 yen in it, and so Koichi, obviously his wallet won't have the money, which will make it seem as if, though, he stole the 500,000 yen. Uh, so Koichi is, like, rightfully calling it a scam, and, uh, like, to prove it to mommy, like, reads out a receipt that he had for, like, a burger order at, like, a restaurant Johnny's. called Johnny's. Johnny's Burgers. Yeah. And, uh, it's in there, so Koichi's mom's just like, oh, no, you stole the five $100,000. I'm so full of guilt. And then she gets padlocked. By the way, when he reads that receipt, it has one of my favorite frames in this season, which is uh, the shot of them all, like, in the living room. And the coffee table, the surface of it, is the logo for Johnny's Burgers. There is actually a lot of, like, really, really, really good shots in this episode. Uh-huh. And they mostly start up around this point. Yeah. Uh, there was all that bit, though, with, like, the graffiti on the sidewalk early on in the episode that looks really good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of bizarre, because I don't remember, like, the next two episodes, at least, looking anywhere near as good as this one, and you would think that this would be treated more as, like, a filler throwaway episode. Well, it's the one where Koichi's stand finally comes out. I suppose. But, uh, also yeah, I was still surprised. the episode does have some really good stuff in it. Well, I mentioned the next two. I thought the Yukako one isn't until... Oh, I'm sorry, I guess I mean the next... I don't quite remember how these, like, divide up, actually. It's this one, then Surface, and then the two Yukako ones. Okay, I was thinking Surface was two and Yukako was one. My bad. Nope. Alright, well, um... You just think they would have more of the Woodpa puppet. (laughs) Ugh. So yeah, Koichi's mom gets padlocked and Tamami is like, man, I'm going to take your house. It's going to be great. The real estate market, am I right? Yeah. Ah. It's a buyer's market. Wait, no, <laughs> seller's market because he wants to get to sell it. Yeah, he's going to flip this place. Yeah. Property stands on TLC. Oh no, we really need to make sure Tamami does not get into like housing market scams because that's just going to be a problem already everybody how how do you think we've gotten the situation we're in now it's all thanks to tamami uh koichi's sister then shows up and she got padlocked too yep it's like oh damn tamami it's like he uh, what like spilled some tea on her and act or she made her spill some tea on him and acted like it burned him yeah uh, so Queechee's had all he can take, and he's not going to take anymore, and he turns Super Saiyan. Yep. Straight up, hair flipping out, Super yep. Saiyan. Yep. The two things in front, just like the Goku. Yeah, he's extremely like the Goku. Yeah, you thought he was a Krillin, but it turns out he's a Goku. Yeah, I think the Goku happened uh, before this, though, as far as publication dates. Yeah. So I think that Thingaraki is just ripping off the Goku. Shh. I wasn't supposed to say that, was I? Don't tell anybody. Sorry. Please don't report this to the CIA. Don't tell the FBI. 
I won't. I won't tell Interpol either. Inspector Sinigata will be on the case. We have to protect Rocky. He needs more time to put a villain in part eight. He hasn't had enough time yet. Goes to jail, never be able to do it. Which do you think will be finished first? Berserk or Jojolian? Uh, honestly, I think at this point there's a good chance that... Uh, oh, boy. I think Mira might actually literally die before he finishes Berserk. So I'm yeah. going to say Jojolian. I mean, I feel like that could be the case for either of them. Yeah, but... Yeah, at least Araki, though, has actually finished numerous parts of his comic. I mean, Mira's finished plenty of parts of his comic, too. Yeah, I'm looking at this, though, as, as like a full storyline. Berserk has not concluded, whereas JoJo's, I feel you could say, especially with what I understand about how, like, Steel Ball Run is the start of sort of a new continuity, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel Rocky sees things through... Okay. Anyway, Koichi Super Saiyan. Yep. Uh, and then he's like, "Do you want to see a level beyond Super Saiyan?" And then he farts his egg out there. Egg. <laughs> she looks at Tamami and says, "Can I, can I offer you an egg in these troubling times?" <laughs> Tamami made his fortune in boiled denim. <laughs> So the egg hatches and it reveals, a, speaking of Dragon Ball, this stand that looks like a mixture between a wiener and cell. Yeah. Uh, and this dick monster coils around Tamami and punches him. Uh, but the punches don't actually hurt. Nope. Uh, but then Tamami's cheek has the word crack written on it. And suddenly he gets hit out of nowhere uh, and also gets tinnitus. Also, one of the sound effects, like, he puts a bunch of sound effects on Tamami's face, and they're like, crack, bam, wham, or something. But one of them is, dogya. Hunga, manga. Dogya. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, so, like, his stand's power, uh... By the way, its name is actually Echoes. I know this because they keep saying Echoes, but in yeah. my subtitles they refer to it as Reverb. Yep. And actually, I like the name Reverb better, as I mentioned before, I think, but... Um, I think I do, too. Yeah. Uh, but its power is that it can write uh, sound effects on things and then trigger those sound effects. Uh, and they will play basically forever unless Koichi makes it stop. So, like, uh, Tamami's being tortured under this constant assault of sound, like, ringing out in his head. Uh-huh. Uh, but rather than give in... Uh, like, I think, uh, Koichi's mom wanders back in the room. Or no, um, he grabs, he grabs a knife. And he's like, I'm going to make your family feel super guilty by stabbing myself in the chest. And then, like, your mom will see that you tried to murder me. And she will be absolutely overcome with, like, guilt and grief. And, and it's going to be a real bad time. Uh-huh. And he also says something like, uh, oh, I've done this before. Here's the key. Don't cut yourself very deep. But yell a lot. Yeah. Uh, so he does, and then, like, uh, Koichi's mom comes in, sees this, and uh, her log gets hella big, and she can't take it anymore, so she grabs a knife 
and is about to stab herself in the neck with it. Yeah. Because, again, when Japan. they try to kill themselves in Japan, <laughs> they fucking go for it. Apparently. Yeah, so... Uh, the solution to this is for Koichi to slap the words, uh, like, you've got to believe me, onto his mom. And then it's like his voice ringing out that phrase over and over until it finally convinces her to trust her son. And that makes the lock go away. Yeah. Uh, so then, like, Tommy's defeated and he enle- he releases, like, his sister's Tommy. lock. Tommy's well, yes, defeated? Yes, Tsunami. <laughs> he releases the lock. It's Tommy Wiseau. Man, oh, imagine no. Tamami played by Tommy Wiseau. That'd be so good. It would really be something. He has, like, a little bit of a Tommy Wiseau vibe about him, really. Yeah. Yeah, they're both creeps, so sure. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll do anything, please forgive me, I'll even be your underling. And then Koichi, who is also cool now, is like anything? I'll bet you bring me 500,000 yen by tomorrow morning, bitch. Mm-hmm. Tamami's uh, so calling that. him Master Koichi. Yeah, Tamami is now Koichi's manservant. Yep. It's also... Just, uh... like, bringing him his bags at school, and then Okuyasu is just... Or Josuke, like, turns to Okuyasu when he sees this, and he's like, do you understand what's going on? And Okuyasu's like, I don't know, I'm an idiot. And then the episode (laughs) ends. This part has kind of a weird trend of, like, real dirtbags that the main characters kind of just forgive and then hang around with, and Tamami is one of them. Yeah, I was actually not expecting Tamami to ever show up again, and then he's, like, the first person with speaking lines in the next episode. Yeah, he kind of pops up here and there from now on. I love him. He's great. Yeah. Like, he's he's a terrible person, but I love him because he's so into being a terrible person. He's still not as bad as the guy in the next episode, who somehow oh, no. actually ends up appearing more than Tamami in future episodes. He was in the credits at the start of, uh, well, he's in like the opening credits to every episode, so I sort of figured like you would see more of him and he would stick around, which is surprising to me because he's a piece of shit. I mean, he doesn't show up, like he's not a main character, but he just appears uh, now and then. Ah, alright. Well, I mean, also, uh, Tonio to... is in the opening credits and I think he only appears in one episode, maybe two. So I... So. I'm ready for the manga anime differences, and there is one that I'm curious whether or not they will actually mention. Okay, let's see. Manga anime differences? Uh. Huh. Tamami is introduced already slimmed down and short, as opposed to his burly, muscular build and subsequent shrinking after being beaten by Koichi in the manga. So in the right, manga, he starts do. out huge? Yes, so I looked at pictures of this in the manga. He is initially, through everything up until the point when he is actually defeated and starts sniveling, he's like seven feet tall and muscle-bound. Weird. Yeah, he looks almost totally different than how he ends up looking by the end of... Yeah, Yeah. I'm looking at pictures, so this is... Why did they change that? 
I probably because that design is fucking gross. Well, it is. There's something but... much more unsettling about him at that height and with that much body mass. Yeah, but also it's so good that Koichi beating him somehow turns him into a Danny <laughs> DeVito figure. Yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah, I don't know. It's I was really surprised to find that out because I afterwards looked up a bit more information about Tamami and I ended up seeing that. Yeah, I had never seen this before. That's also Koichi looks weird in the manga. Yeah. I have seen quite a few pictures of Koichi throughout the manga and it seems like his design changes a lot over time. Yeah. It does. Even uh, there's the also a there's also a picture of him and Josuke that were drawn in like the part eight style. I guess Araki did it within like the last year. And boy, Koichi looks fucking terrible. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Just like little boy Koichi, but like all pretty boy in part eight style is fucking terrifying. Mm. Gross. I hate it. Okay, more manga anime differences. Um,. These are pretty minor. Added the introduction by the Morio Town Radio, which isn't that like a message from Okuyasu? Is this something like I don't like remember. R.I.P. Big Bro. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I just really like the jingle to that. Mori Mori Morio Show. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, many graffiti tags are added, especially on the road where Tamami meets Koichi. So, yep. Yeah. Episode 7! Uh-huh. Some dude's listening to the radio, and he gouges his eye out. Sure. He does not like the jingle. <laughs> no, not at all. There's only so much top 40s that someone can take before they need to just rip out an eye. That's right, I'm Casey Kasem coming to you with America's Top 40. Alright, I got my mechanical pencil. <laughs> I'm ready for this program. <laughs> yeah, he gouges it out by uh, shoving a mechanical pencil into his eye and just plopping it out. Yeah. Which uh, also kind of makes me believe uh, Araki didn't know what gouging an eye out means. Because it doesn't nope. literally mean popping the eyeball out. Oh, it's still fucking gross. Yeah. So then uh, that ends and we kind of transition over to Tamami. Uh, oh, you're skipping year something. Uh, what did I skip? The first change in the opening. Now uh, Echoes appears. All right, opening. yeah. Which I like. Yeah. Uh, it but, also spells yeah, out so the, mystery when the guy sings the word mystery. That see, that's the bit that I like. Yeah, I knew that echoes would appear, but yeah, yeah we get exactly one episode with that opening before it goes to the different one. Also, speaking of, I think in the ending credits when it shows Koichi in the house, it before this did not have his sister and his mom. Yeah, it did. It did? Okay. Yep. I I don't know why, I guess I just became acutely aware of it only after that episode. Yeah, uh, because yeah, yeah, I noticed that before. I think the first time it changes will be in the next batch of episodes we watch. Okay, well... Like I, I so, think, uh... I believe Tonio is the first character to be added to the end. Oh. So... 
I don't know who that is. So he's the best character in the series and the best episode in the series. I know that the next one we're watching is the Italian food one, and That's I don't it. know what it's about outside of just the title. So I'm looking forward to it. It's the best. I mean, it's a, it's a really good title. Leaves a lot to my imagination. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tamami's outside the school, a 20-year-old man who looks like he's approaching age 50, just hanging around with these kids. Uh, Suspicious. So, he tells uh, Josuke and Koichi uh, that, like, there was this boy who got in an argument over an idol or, like, an anime or something with another boy, and then he was, like, compelled to gouge his eye out. So, he thinks, like, a stand is responsible. Mystery is afoot. I mean, that's probably a good assumption to make. Yeah. Uh, and he also thinks, like, Koichi should just leave it to Josuke. And then Koichi's like, you know, hey, man, like, scary bad stuff's going on in this town, and, like, everyone here is going to have to face it, and, like, I'm not going to let them face it alone, because I got the stand. Also, Tamami just has, like, a Polaroid picture of Hazamata. <laughs> like, I don't know. 20... Twenty-year-old man looks like he's approaching fifty, hanging around high schools, taking pictures. Yeah. Also, it's just like straight ahead on Hazumato, just walking like on a sidewalk, and apparently didn't notice him. <laughs> uh, Tamami's such a creep. Mm-hmm. I bet he was just like, he's hiding a... in a bush. Yeah, he definitely was, or a tree. Uh, yeah. Tamami is like super touched by this though, which is something that I also like too. That like. A little bit of a human side to him where he's able to be reached by stuff like what Koichi says. Mm-hmm. Makes you kind of think like he might start to maybe turn a new leaf. And then like right after he's like, all right, neat, you deal with the sand, the stand shit. I'm going home. And there's this really good little bit of him running away. It like cuts between, you know, like him getting farther away. Yeah. Just totally bunks out. Yep. Uh, so Josuke and Koichi start looking for this creep, uh, but they can't find him, so they just bust into his locker. <laughs> and he just, like, rips the locker door off, too. Yeah, he's like, whatever, just have Diamond fix it, it's no big deal. Uh, and inside it's like this huge, uh, wooden pose doll. Wood puppet. Yeah. Fucking creepy. It's time Creepier to be dummy Tamami. again. Oh no. Uh, and it turns into a doppelganger of Josuke after he touches it. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Uh, uh, and he starts uh, t- talking about a copy robot from something called Perman and how it'd be nice to have one. And uh, real Josuke asks Koichi what Perman is because Koichi's a nerd. <laughs> uh-huh. like, I've hey, never heard of Perman either. What's this anime? <laughs> no, I don't know what it is either. I don't I don't even know if that's like an actual thing. I don't know. Yeah, actually, uh, I guess it stands... might just be something they made up, but given the rest of the stuff in the series, I feel like it must be a real thing. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre whenever they make up something that's completely fictional. Yeah, the, uh, but the stand's name uh, is... A nice little Easter egg here, by the way. I forgot to mention. Oh? Uh, the manga they pull out of his locker is Pink Dark Boy which is uh, the manga Rohan draws Mm. that's a good manga name yeah Pink Dark Boy yeah 
Okay. Yeah. You've seen that episode before, though. Like, that was the one you'd seen before everything else. Yes, although I think I was told that there were two different, like, manga artists, stand well, you... users, or something like that. Well, yeah, the other one was Oingo and Boingo. Oh, okay, right. I, for some reason, took that as there were two in this season. No. No, it's just okay. Rohan. Then, then, yes, the Rohan episode is the only one that I've seen uh, prior to starting this. Yeah. It's uh, a but I've forgotten a lot to about just it. Watch out of order. Just be like, ah, I've heard <laughs> yeah. about this JoJo thing. Let me watch this. Eh, this seems like a good one. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty good. I didn't understand a damn thing that was happening, but I liked it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, this stand's name is Surface, but in the, stu- the subtitles, it is Show Off. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's dumb. Yes. So this is the one I was thinking of when I said it even had like a little title card that said its name. I was thinking it was traffic, but it it's surface. Uh, uh so it can make Joe's K do anything that it does. Like it's not as it puts it, it is a puppet master, not just a puppet. Uh-huh. Uh and it also makes Joe's K crush Koichi's rent windpipe, so uh rest in peace, Koichi. <laughs> He is dead and will never be in another episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's a very good shot of him just giving a back elbow right into Koichi's neck and sending him flying through a door. Yes, and we yet again get extended shots of Koichi arriving on the ground and gagging. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So then Josuke... (laughs) Yeah... Uh, Josuke can't hit it with diamond because it like just steps out of its range and if it holds its position then Josuke can't move either uh, so then since the dolls like take in a real form uh, Josuke like throws a mechanical pencil at it but it catches it uh, which is bad because it's done some shit with mechanical pencils before a fucking pencil man who does that <laughs> yes surface is the John Wick of stands <laughs> so this weirdo I, I forget what this guy's name is Harudada Harududu Hazamada I wasn't even close Hazamada you Harududu I think's the name of a Gundam it's Harududu yeah Harududu is the name it's a Harududu yeah that's Sure is a name. What about Vignagina? That's also a Gundam. <laughs> I think you need to get tested like a month after every time you step into that thing. Yeah. You need to make <sighs> sure it's clean. You'll never be clean again. The guy, uh, this so this weirdo, he wants to kill Jotaro. Uh, because he doesn't like that he's, like, digging up dirt on uh, stand users in the town. Specifically, like, some group of stand users that's, like, yet to be identified, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so he tosses the mechanical pencil at Josuke and starts getting him to, like, drive it into the skin under his eye. I guess he's, like, looking for a nerve that would render his eye useless. I guess so. Something I... like that. Here's... He hears a crunch and Josuke falls over and is like, ha, well, all right, that's that, and leaves. Yep. Some real Bond villain level of uh, arrogance here from Hazamata. Yes. Also, it was just a sound effect that uh, Reaver put on him, so... 
So are we going to commit to just calling it Reverb instead of Echoes? I think so. It, it Reverbs. I am okay at this point with us just favoring different names depending on what we like more. Okay. Because I like Reverb a lot more than Echo, but I do not like Show Off more than Surface. No. Well, I mean, I actually might like Echo, but I don't like Echoes. Like, I don't mm. like it, the singular stand having a plural name. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Anyway. anyway yes, it's just a sound effect made by Reverb. Uh, also, when Josuke smacked him in the neck, he also immediately healed him back with a uh, diamond. Crazy diamond. Yeah. And not shining diamond, although shining diamond's okay too, but crazy diamond. Um, yeah. Koichi's then like, oh, by the way, he broke like all my other bones. Please fix them. Yeah, he's like, well... You healed the parts that you broke when you hit me, but uh, I also broke a whole lot when I hit that door. Yeah. Uh, so they call Jotaro, uh, but his line's in use because the fake Josuke's already on the phone with them, and he's like trying to arrange a meet at Morio Station. Mm-hmm. So Doppel Josuke and Hazamata, they start heading there, and they bump into Tamami and brain him <laughs> yep just with a brick <laughs> i really like this bit afterwards though where like real josuke and koichi are like trying to run to them to the station to like or not i think there's like generally running around town trying to find him and they just run right past mommy who's like been shoved off of the sidewalk and he's just bleeding there yep he's just like in the grass bleeding uh no they are going to the station because they figure out I think, uh, oh, he must have called Jotaro to set up a meeting, and they must be meeting at the station, I think. I'm not sure no, how they figured that out. They they don't. They actually just sort of... So, to kind of back up for a second before I get into how I know that, uh, we do get a glimpse at the character of uh, the stand user from the next two episodes. Yep. Yukako kind of just looks out the window and sees the idiots running around out there. Yeah, and she kind of like, uh, for a moment, it looks like she's looking at them affectionately. I thought the direction they were going with that was she had a crush on Josuke. Not the case. No. Turns out I'm dead wrong about that. No. Ladies love cool Koichi. Yeah. I hear his dick looks like Toad from Mario Kart. Speaking of, so... <laughs> We get a bit of Hazamata and Woodpa Puppet Josuke walking down the street, and uh, these girls stop them to tell them that Josuke's a hunk, and one of them even gives him a love letter, and Woodpa Puppet Josuke takes it, and Hazamata gets very angry about this, because Hazamata is an incel. <laughs> yep. Uh, he also, like, because he's all fuming and pissed off, he, like, wipes some... Uh... Or he, like, punches his stand and hurts his hand and bleeds, and he wipes it off on a motorcycle. And, yeah, uh, and also, Woodpo Puppet Josuke's just like, man, that was stupid. <laughs> yeah. He also, like, points out, like, this isn't the first time this has happened. Like, you keep turning me into shit, and then you keep getting mad about the shit you turn me into. Yeah. Also, I think this is interesting, because this is... Is this the first stand that is, like, sentient? Like, actually has a mind of its own and talks to the no. owner. No, because Anubis was also sentient. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
But he kind of possess. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was so it. sentient. He persisted after his stand user's death. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. But that, yeah, I think that this would be the first time that they're actually like sort of conversing. Yeah. Since Anubis just possessed people. Yeah. I also think this is a good character to have that appear on because it's obvious that he's kind of a lonely guy. He's jealous of everybody, and so he would have this stand that's capable of communicating with him, but because he's also a raging shitbird, he can't, like, communicate to this thing in a positive way for very long. He ends up hitting it and turning it into things that he hates. Mm-hmm. It's appropriate. I, I like it. Yeah. So you're the, uh, the biker yeah. guy's not happy. No, not at all. Uh, so not Josuke then brains one of them, <laughs> and the other one he holds still while Hazamata comes at him with a box cutter. Yeah, sticks it into his mouth. Yeah. Going to choker this dude up. Yep, I was about to say he's gonna be like, "You want to see how I got these scars?" Uh, so then the real Josuke shows up and chucks a shard of glass at him. Uh, but he reforms it so it makes a bottle around the Stan's hand, which cuts off his hand. Uh, and then he fakes a retreat, and that is how he overhears Hazamata's plan station. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I thought they were kind of just following them, but yeah. I forgot. Uh, so then, yeah. So so they run out to the station, it's a... Bit, bit, bit of a race over there, but like Josuke has reverb create a bell ringing sound. So Hazamata thinks the train's coming. He, t- he takes like, um, I don't know what you would call that, like a detour. Overwalk thing, like it, it goes over the train tracks. Overpass? Oh, walkway? A walkway. Th- I don't know. We don't got trains here. No. I ain't been nowhere in trains for like half of my life. I've never Actually. even seen a train. I lived in a town that had a train track running right through the middle of it. I had so to was... buy one of those VHS tapes of lots and lots of trains. Just to understand. Big, big trains, small trains, fast trains, slow trains. And developed a train fetish, tried to knock one off the rails while filming it. I spent $800 on Train Simulator DLC. Oh no. <laughs> I have all of the Railworks packs on Steam. Got a real Rev- Reverend Lovejoy situation set up in your basement. Yeah, it's uh, like the town of Crabville from uh, Mighty Wind. Jeez. I would love to see the town of Crab in autumn. <laughs> a Mighty Wind's so good. Uh, it is. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but yes, it's good. Uh, Josuke catches up with Jotaro. He's like, ah, there was this dude. He looked like me, but it wasn't me. He called you on the phone, but it wasn't me. But we're fine now. Yeah, it's actually kind of weird that he gets to him first. Yeah. Uh, He also then unconsciously pit pockets a pin from Jotaro and realizes he's being controlled again. Oh no! Yeah, Hazamata's like, I'm just gonna make you drive this pin into this man's skull so fast and so hard he'll be dead before you he can heal him. I don't think, I don't think you can do that with a pin, but okay. 
also he knows that Jotaro can stop time for a little bit. Yeah. So uh, before this can kind of go down, the biker guys show up and just start bludgeoning Hazamata, so he loses control over Josuke. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Josuke healed them up and was like, hey, they're going to be over here. Go beat the hell out of them. Uh-huh. He healed them and then snitched on them. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it wasn't the right thing to do. It was, so... Um... Azamata gets carried out on a stretcher. They put that boy in a damn hospital. Uh-huh. Uh, and Chili Pepper appears, and somehow nobody sees him. Nope. This uh, glowing yellow kappa with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Who, like, cracks and fizzles very audibly. Uh-huh. And he's just like, Wah! I still have the stand arrow. Hazamata was a bitch. Fuck you. See you next episode, maybe. I don't know. Nope. Okay, bye now. <laughs> It'll be uh, what three episodes from now. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll see him in the next time we do the podcast. Again, yeah, a remarkable man. amount of restraint from Araki when it comes to Red Hot Chili Pepper. Like, he actually shows up a long time before they actually fight him. Hmm. Oh, Most that's the episode, the time, though. It's like, here's a stand user, now we fight. Yeah. But not Chili Pepper. No. But also now, <clears throat> do you see what I mean when I was saying that the stand users in this part are... Less straight up fights than previous ones. How it's yeah. more just like figuring out how to defeat them. Yes, and I like that a lot so far. Yeah. Like I really liked more of the stand fights in the later portion of part three because they started to move in that direction. Yep. Like that's why the Darby fights were so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me see uh what Joe And then it all do. ends with punching a vampire. <laughs> Yep. Uh, All roads and JoJo's leads back to punching a vampire in the schnoz. That's it. That's the whole series. Here's a question. Yeah? When Billy Corgan said the world is a vampire, was he talking about Dio? Uh, yeah. Okay. Of course. Look, how many times have has everything led back to Dio in some way? Always, hundred percent of the time. Okay. Wouldn't have had straight so if it wasn't for Dio. Yeah. And nobody would have known about the masks. Alright. I uh. hear that maybe there's some people in later parts of the series who are maybe doing things because Dio. Mm, maybe. Uh, manga anime differences, like courtesy of JoJo Wiki. Uh oh, wait, this is the previous episode. I mean, the stand arrow is also kind of his fault, too. Wait, what? No. Oh, this is the... Okay, this is the right episode, but for some reason it's talking about uh, Tamami again. Um, okay. A scene depicting Toshikazu's friend stabbing his... Toshikazu is Tamami. He didn't mention the guy that stabbed his eye out was his friend, did he? Oh, he just said it was some kid. Uh, he might... Have look, Tamami. It's 
already shown himself to be a little too chummy with high schoolers, so I could go along with that. Hmm. I don't oh, know wait, if they no, explicitly... Oh! oh. Okay, so... No, it, it is talking about um, Hazamada. Toshikazu is Hazamada's first name. Apparently he also starts as tall and muscular and gets shrunk after being defeated. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Is this thing that Araki was into at this point? I guess so. Because yeah, What would happen if Koichi got beaten? Would he shrink even more? Maybe. Yeah, these pictures of original Hazamada looks like straightso. If Koichi eats a super mushroom, does he turn into a pretty lady? I don't understand how this works. Again, okay. these jokes we're doing in this episode are going to be uh, real fresh by the time this goes up. Doesn't matter. Okay, so, yes. Hazamada's introduced already slimmed down and short as opposed to his tall, muscular build and subsequent shrinking after being beaten by Josuke in the manga. A scene depicting Hazamada's friend stabbing his eye out is added, along with another radio show from Kai Harada. Uh, one of the mangas in Hazamada's locker is changed to Pink Dark Boy. A scene introducing Yukako early, with her admiring Koichi from afar, is added. Oh, the bit with Red Hot Chili Pepper is new, also. Yeah. Uh, a scene in which Josuke asks some high school girls which way he went during the chase is omitted. Would have been a good bit, though. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to take out. Yeah. Episode 8! There we go. Josuke and Okuyasa uh, are talking about Hazamata. Uh, apparently he never met Chili Pepper's user, and is probably the reason why he's been left alive. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, stand users are attracted to each other, so we'll probably run into him at some point it's just like the red string of fate he says yeah also koichi's meet, meeting a pretty girl for tea outside of an italian restaurant that i'm sure will never show up again yeah um <laughs> that's actually that's not the same restaurant as in the next episode but oh okay never mind that i kept thinking this italian ass restaurant that showed up twice now would have played into the episode where they get italian food but fuck me nope Right, okay, weird. That seems like that would have been a thing that they would have done, but okay. No, Tonio's restaurant is a different one. Mm. So anyway, uh, the intro theme is weird now, and I hate it. Yeah, you know, I actually don't think the song itself is that bad, but I don't like the combination of it with the intro. Because you don't get those... When they turn and everything. I really just actually hate this version of the song. I think it sounds fucking terrible. Okay. And I don't understand why they... Does it go back on the next set of episodes? So. For... Yeah, I think it goes back for a little bit before it switches then... to the next full intro. Why? I don't know. It's it was so weird, weird to change that eight episodes deep. Like, that's... Oh, it's terrible, too. It's... Oh, I hate it. I hate it. It's really bad. I don't like it. It's the worst JoJo's theme we've had so far. No, it's not. It absolutely is. No, Battle in Egypt theme is the worst. Nope. It's the second worst. I'm not going to sit here and act like that's a good theme, but come on, man. This one's bad. No. So the girl he's meeting is Yukako. 
Oh, uh, who I mistook for one of the girls who was talking about Joe's case hair in the very first episode. Yeah. It took, like, a while for me to realize that that is not her. That's not the same girl. Nope. So, go figure. Uh, but she has the hots for Koichi. Are you saying all anime girls look alike? Yes. Wow. Put them in a lineup. Put them in a lineup. Oh. You tell me which one is which. You can't do it, can't be done. They all look the same. Disgusting. You know I'm right. No, you're you just don't not. have the sack. Yeah, the sack to admit it. Are you trying to say that Yukako Yamagishi looks like Fujiko? Or uh yeah. Bay Valentine or Looks just just like Bulma. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. That's closer, I guess. She looks just like the big-titted mom from My Hero Academia, who I don't know the name of because I've not watched that show yet. I've just seen a lot of gifts of her. You mean Bakugo's mom? Sure. Okay. I don't know the name of literally any character in that show. You don't know All Might? No. Oh, well, all right. I, I genuinely understand extremely little about that show, which is part of why I want to watch it, because I feel like it's going pretty fresh. We'll look forward to our next uh, series, where we watch My Hero Academia. Hell yeah! That's not going to happen. Aww. I feel like if we do any sequel to this, it will be with Yu Yu Hakusho. Fuck no! No, that's how I know that we won't ever do a sequel to <laughs> no, this, because not, that is misery. all of it. I'm saying just... You know, to the dark uh, tournament. No. That would be misery. Also, like misery, these two episodes. Uh, More so the second one than the first one. What, you don't like it? No, I mean, it's like the movie and the novel, Misery. Oh, 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 okay. I get it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's got the hots for him. And then Koichi uh, is just like, you're fucking with me, right? Like, you're a pretty lady, I'm Koichi. Yeah, look at me, I'm a freak. Yeah, I stand three feet tall, a 20-year-old man hangs around me all of the time, and my dog's name is The Police. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, you know, the last one, though. I can understand sure. why someone would be into that. Yeah, I guess. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, Osuyaka is just bawling over here because nobody loves him. Poor Okuyasu. His brother is dead and his dad his dad's a hideous leper kappa. His life is fucking terrible. Uh-huh. Josuke's just like having to hold him down behind this tree like, man, keep it down. My shirt says billions on it, but you want to know the truth? I don't have any money. This is the only clothes I got. Probably true. I wear my dead brother's clothes at night. They smell like him. But dead. So anyway. <laughs> she has Koichi. Like he a Tennessee Williams play. But anime. Yeah. <laughs> An Okuyasu named Desire. <laughs> Uh, so, 
She asks if he loves him back, and he just starts stammering until she slams her fist down and turns into a crazy person. And then Koichi's just like, damn it, the soda has too much hair in it. Yeah. I ordered light hair in my soda. I'm never going to this restaurant again. They always do this. Don't you hate when you just get like a whole, like just a giant hairball in your soda? Yeah, no, I hate it when I order a soda and like they fill it up with like 70% hair and then the rest of it is soda. Mm -hmm. I always order my soda no hair because then I get more soda. Yeah, you can put your own hair in too. Yeah, I don't like that at like the movie theater. You're not supposed to put your own hair in the soda. Well, guess what? I do it anyway. Yeah, no, it's dark in there. Nobody knows what I'm up to. No. I just walk in with a box full of hair in my pocket. I'm sorry, I think that might be the most ominous thing I ever said on this podcast. Like, I go into a dark movie theater because nobody knows what I'm up to. <laughs> well, can go multiple ways, too. Uh, so, Josuke and Okiyasu see this happen, and they're like, Oh, stand user. Yeah. And then as far as I'm aware, they don't tell Koichi about this. They just leave him alone. Yep. It's just like, huh, users are drawn to each other. Hmm. Well, alright, see ya. Well, for one thing, they don't think that she's any danger to him. Well, they're wrong. Yeah. Turns out. Uh, so she meets up with him again as he's like cleaning the classroom the next day and she's like knit him a sick looking sweater and she's made him a good luck charm and she went to the fish market to get fresh fish for lunch and she wants to like spoon feed him and now Koichi thinks that maybe she's too weird for him. I really like the sweater she made for him that has K1 on it. Yeah. If I got all those gifts... I don't care. I don't. I want to get. She could do whatever she wants with her damn hair. I'm like, fuck. That's yeah. the most attention I'd, I've ever been given in my life. I wouldn't know she, what to do. Exactly. Koichi don't know what a good thing he's got. Yeah. I mean, actually, it's bad. It's really bad. Well, it's only bad because of his and reaction to it. Yeah. At some point, he wasn't going to react well to something she did, and shit was going to get bad. Eh. She's that kind of crazy word, like, it's just a matter of time, man. Yeah, yeah. But he's saved at the last minute by a class rep who's like, hey, you, you stupid dork, you dumb dumb, you lazy ass, you need to finish taking out the garbage. Mm-hmm. So she confronts her uh, out by the furnace, which, first of all, the last time we were by a furnace in a JoJo's episode. Yeah. You know something good's about to happen. <laughs> sure. And she calls her like a homewrecker, and she's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, the way that I was talking to that dude? Like, no, I'm not interested in him. What the hell? What's wrong with you? He's gross. He's Koichi. Uh, and that makes her more mad. So she shoots her hair into this girl's head, which then controls her body. Uh, and I thought she was going to make her, like, put herself into the furnace. No, I actually don't really get what happened here. So it looks like an extra clump of uh, her hair ended up by the furnace and it caught on fire, and then somehow that transferred over to the hair that she implanted on her scalp, which yeah. 
is still weird. That doesn't quite make sense. Um, oh, I have this. Wouldn't her own head catch on fire? But I have this episode running on the iPad here. Uh, I forgot about this really good scene, which is the one where she is trying to feed Koichi the shrimp, and it's just cutting back and forth between her going ah and koichi being like oh no this is bad i need to do something about this i have to get out of here ah she's crazy she's going to kill me she's going to kill everyone ah it's really good i wish one of those was him just going like she's crazy she's going to kill everyone my dog's name is the police (laughs) that's probably in there somewhere i'm really fixated on this fact about koichi because it's the best part about koichi do you think Koichi named the dog that, or was it his mom or sister? I, bet I it think was it was sister. like his. I think it was his absentee father, oh, his maybe. dad that bailed on them. Now to mommy's his dad, and everything's terrible. His mom was probably uh, very resentful that they named the dog the police, but uh, the dad never learned about Sting's uh, techniques for tantric sex. To mommy is his dad now, and. Koichi's mom's really happy about it, but it makes Koichi sad, and then Koichi doesn't know how to deal with that, because, like, his mom's happy, but... Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha! Divorce! Ha <laughs> ha! Divorce! When's a new, <laughs> uh... <laughs> Stepfathers! Ha <laughs> ha! Dangly parts! When's that new I, I don't Harvey Birdman coming back? I watched a clip of it tonight, where, uh... Seven is the uh, president now, and he launches a nuke at Washington, and then he's like, uh, <laughs> only another president can stop the nuke, so you know what you gotta do, Harvey? You need to impeach me. That sounds good. Yeah, he's got 30 minutes to impeach him, by the way. Oh man, it's real time? It's I think 24? so. I really hope so, that would be awesome. Ugh. So, uh, Okiyasu and Josuke are nearby, and the hand swipes up all the fire, and then they're just like, uh, we can't fix your hair, though, sorry. Sorry you look so ugly now. I'm sorry. Oops. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah, she looks fine. Yeah, she does. Uh, so they come up with a plan. Uh, also, Koichi somehow knows that she's a stand user now, but whatever. Um. Oh, wait, no, she does not look fine. (laughs) I didn't realize there's a giant bald spot on the back of her head. Well, I didn't think you'd be so judgmental about that. <laughs> well, yeah, me, I I don't have any room to talk. But no, from well, from what I remembered, I thought they just like cut the hair short. I didn't realize I had a giant spot in the back. I I think I actually might have missed that too. It's like just uh, for so, like half a second, she turns around and you can see it. So uh, their plan is they need to make Koichi undesirable. Shouldn't and so hard. they spitball some, uh, yeah, not not too difficult. Uh, they spitball some ideas like having him not change his underwear, uh-huh. which is uh, pretty fucking gross. Well, they say uh, ladies don't like mama's boys or people with bad hygiene, and Koichi's like, well, I can't be a mama's boy because she'll kill my mom. And they say, well, okay, then I guess the only other option is you're not taking any more baths, bucko. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm not doing that either. So they decide on uh, creating rumors and lies about how he is dishonest and he cheats and he steals from people and that he has no future. Yeah. Uh, which isn't too far off from the truth because he's also, like, failing tests now because he's under, like, so much anxiety. Uh-huh. 
so Koichiyasu says that he got a better huh? score on the test than Koichi did, and he only got like 32. Oh, yeah. I mean, this dude ended the last episode by going like, oh, no, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on. So they start talking about this very loudly in front of her, and then she kind of, uh, seems like she takes the hint and like goes away. And then it cuts to Koichi in his room, and he's like laying on his bed. He's like, "Oh boy, oh she was. I sure hope that plan worked." Uh, but it doesn't because she's outside his fucking window. Uh huh. Staring at him. Yukako's great. <laughs> Such a really good shot of her just standing there. Uh huh. Like lightning cracking outside. <laughs> uh. Anyway, she kidnaps him with her hair. Sure. That's what you do. And then he wakes up in the next day, uh, as I noted here, in a real misery situation. Yep. Where he's, like, uh, locked up in a house that belongs to, like, a politician, I think, who will, like, be away for a few months. And it's in a part of the town that's fairly secluded. And even then, like, there's homes nearby, but this one's, like, located up on a hill and kind of away from all the other homes, too. It's, it's also... like, overlooking the none of the houses are populated i think it's supposed to be like a timeshare place or something like that because in the yeah. next episode they say something like uh oh a place with a bunch of empty villas yeah so he's fairly well secluded and he's not leaving this place at least not while she's there mm-hmm. uh and he finds out then that she was shot in the chest with the stand arrow uh but he is also aware that she is not aware that he is a stand user and that she also doesn't know any other stand users. Yeah. So, uh, but she found his English test score and decides that she would, uh, basically decides to like make a man out of him. So her plan is like, okay, I'm going to feed you breakfast, but you're going to like study while you eat. So I got these three boxes and in each box is a food item. (laughs) And I'm going to ask you a question and it's going to be like multiple choice. You pick one of the boxes, and that's your answer, and then you have to eat whatever is in the box. I love this bit. Oh, this is a sick plan, and I love it. I'm into it. Uh, The first question is, what is Prince's lyric of funky music? Like, what does it mean in Japanese? Uh, And he gets it right, and he gets a delicious boiled egg. You know, I'm going to say, none of these options seemed correct to me. I do not remember what they were, but yes, they also seem like... Wild music, primitive music, or uh, I don't remember what the third one was, but it was like definitely not right. Yeah, but it turns I think out the, cor- the correct answer, yeah, was primitive, which I would have thought the closest thing would be wild. Yeah, I don't know, I guess funky means something else in Japanese. Uh, but yeah, the other two boxes were an eraser and a bar <laughs> of soap. Yep. Uh, also, I don't know why I forgot to take notes on this last part. She asks him another question that is, like, even more confounding to me because it's like, okay, what way do you spell this word in Japanese? But then, like, the way she reads it, the subtitle is just the same word. Yeah. Over and it, over it, again. It's, um, how you spell contrast is just like, Taisho, A. Taisho, B. Taisho, C. And the, yeah. the kanji are different for them, but... Yeah, it's basically yes, just yeah. quizzing him which of these is right. Uh, and then I... 
So he like looks at her eyes to figure out which one's the right one, and yeah. he guesses it correctly, but then she calls him out on it. And I can't remember like what the bogus food items were in this one. One was um, English vocabulary cornflakes, which was just like English words and paper in a bowl of milk. And the other one was asparagus wrapped in dictionary pages. Jeez. Yeah, so Queen, she's going to die. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the episode, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Manga anime differences. Uh, hold on, I'm going to the end here just to make sure. Oh yeah, uh, that's when Yukako leaves. She says, like, uh, I'm going to make some Italian food, so I'm going to go get some olive oil, and she leaves. Hmm. Okay, um differences uh, further details of koichi's test are briefly visible including some fragmented thoughts on his situation with yukaku yukako <clears throat> such as hair sweater and i must talk to her that wasn't subtitled so i didn't know that was a thing yeah but i like that he's just writing down hair and sweater on his test very uh, concerning while quizzing Koichi on what Prince's lyric funky music means, an image of Prince is added. Yeah, just in case uh, people forgot who Prince was, which I actually may be understandable because he's dead and he's not exactly like... People ain't talking about Prince anymore, so... I don't think he was dead when this came out, though. Like even yeah, the anime, but I mean, I, I mean, like, it's maybe a good thing to put that in there because the more time gets between, like... Prince's death and his relevancy, and this episode bumming around. I guess so. But I think Prince... more people are going to be exposed to like this episode at this point that they are Prince in a way. Ah, uh, I don't know the Purple King. You think people don't know about Prince? You know, I guess uh, they do have Purple Rain for five bucks at the Walmart here. Purple so Rain, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about buying that and I asked my stepdad when I visited him last I'm like hey is Purple Rain any good and he's like oh your mom likes it a whole lot so that's how I know it's oh, wait, not you're talking about the movie though the movie sucks movie yeah I'm talking about the movie yeah the album's great movie mm. stink I'm sure the album is. yeah see I didn't really know anything about the movie so episode 9 Yukako Yamagishi Falls in Love Part 2 Put Koichi's face on the back of a milk carton because he's missing. Yeah. Even his that family is doesn't gone. know where he's at. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of cut back to this real awful situation Koichi's got going on and he needs to use the bathroom. But the bathroom's got like a combination lock on it with a question posed about when Columbus discovered the new world. Uh-huh. Uh, so he can't get it open so he goes pee-pee in his pants. Poor Koichi. Oh no. Uh, and then I noted here again, I hate this new theme. I mean, let's be real though. Who really knows when Columbus discovered the new world? Nobody. Uh, 1972. No, that doesn't Columbus sound sailed right. the ocean blue. Hmm. Sure, it's not 1892. Uh. 1992? It's something with a two. Yeah. Nobody knows. 
It's a 12, mystery. 12-22. So, yeah, it, would, it was probably a long time ago, so that makes sense. Yeah. This scene actually depresses me. Because oh. <laughs> Koichi is just crushed. Oh, yeah. Like, he eat his pants, and now he thinks this girl hates him, and he feels like an awful human being. Yeah. And it's terrible. Like, all this happening to him is terrible. And she's like, no, it's cool. I actually felt good washing your pants. Now check out this sick electric chair I'm making. <laughs> yeah, that's such a weird thing she just, like, brings up. Also, it never shows up again. Yeah, she's just like, oh, we're going to use this to study after dinner. Isn't that great? I think the idea is that's also going to be some sort of pee torture where if he pees at his pants while he's in it, it'll electrocute him. Oh, no. Is that what's supposed to be? I don't know. But uh, she leaves to go buy olive oil. And then Koichi's like, oh, there must be a payphone outside because she wouldn't go that far. Yeah, the olive oil thing's here, so I guess she just, like, leaves at the end of the previous one for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, But he sends his stand out to scout because it's got, like, a range of 40 meters or something. And then he realizes he lacks a 10 yen coin to place the call. Man, remember when you could make a call with 10 yen? Yeah, back in... 1892? Uh, it was a year with a two. Yeah. So, uh, he starts thinking, like, oh, I could call, like, 110, which is, like, Japan's version of 911. Uh, but then, that doesn't work, because she shows up behind him on the other side of the window again. <laughs> yep. Also, it's like, that you were, you are probably thinking about calling the cops, huh? Well, the way she phrases it is weird because she says something like, oh, I said I was going to go get olive oil, so you must have been thinking there must be a payphone around here. And I guess the idea is she's saying, like, you must have been thinking I'm going to go to a payphone, but the way it's phrased in the subtitles doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, But she's like, I'm going to destroy 110 on the phone. She's going to get rid of it. It's going to suck if I need to place a call with a one or a zero in it, but at least you won't be able to call the cops. Yeah. Also, like, as if that mattered, because if you could get out of the place, wouldn't, like, I would just keep running. Yeah, but he's not getting out of the place. Yeah. But that's the thing, is, like, I I don't know, she mentioned she's going to destroy that number on the phone as if, though, he's going to use the payphone and use 110. Okay. So, uh... But yeah, Yukako, uh, she places a call on the payphone to order olive oil, but Koichi is a very smart boy, and he uses uh, reverb to, like, place dial tones on her arm. He's so phone freaking. Yeah! Koichi knows how to freak with reverb. Koichi was in the phone the whole time. That's right. Uh, so yeah, Josuke's like, uh, hello, who is this? Is this the crazy lady that kidnapped my friend? Where's my friend? I can hear Where waves in the go? background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when lightning strikes and we are sleeping, where do all my friends go? You got it. Uh, so, uh, she then realizes Koichi's got to stand. So, oops. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oopsie daisy. It's a little uh, bit of so a tell that a... she had manga sound effects on her arm. Yeah, it's uh, maybe stand related. I don't think it's like a condition. 
really weird rash. Yeah. So, uh, they use a map and they find a spot in Morio where, like, there would be waves and also a payphone. Have I said it's a me, Morio, yet? Yes, I think, okay. like, every episode. <laughs> well, good. I want to keep it alive. Right. Yeah. So, uh, she ends up running back up and Koichi, like, barricades the door and he's, like, trying to goad her into breaking it. Uh, so that way, like, make it obvious where he is when Josuke arrives. Uh, but she's still nuts, and so she's like, I think it's totally great we both have uh, stands. It's awesome. I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah. So Koichi home alones the door and shocks her with the handle. <laughs> yep. And I'm not sure exactly how he does it. it. He kind of just wraps well, a wire around it and then plugs it in. The electric chair. Oh, yeah. Probably, okay. probably found some way. Yeah, see, it ties back in. Koichi, uh, finds a way. Yeah. Uh, but the delusion's so strong that, like, the words just peel off her neck. So she bops him around with, like, hair that's in his scalp. Wait, what? Did you skip when he actually puts the words on her? No, I, I mentioned that. He slaps oh, I, I hate talking. you on her. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she, uh, she busts in and we start getting, like, a fight between her and Echoes, but, like, Echoes just goes into a cocoon and starts to evolve. Yeah. And, uh, Koichi immediately assumes that it must be dead. <laughs> Which yeah. makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's already seen it hatch out of an egg. And... Like it, it doesn't seem too crazy to think, I don't know, maybe it's like I mean it looks like a cocoon. It must be evolving. Yeah. But Koichi, I don't know, he He's not too smart about stand related things. Uh so yeah, it ends up like um like I think Okuyasu and Josuke show up around this time and then like it it busts out and it's like it, reverb act two now. Yeah. Well, it's tinier and looks even more like so. Okuyasu and Josuke aren't there yet. That's when uh, Yukako busts through the door, and just as oh, she right. does, that's when it comes out of the cocoon. And yeah, it's it's mm. reverb act two. And now it looks like a mech, though. Yeah. It also, like I said, looks more like so at this point. Like I guess the point uh... is it's supposed to look like a cicada. But like I think that's what's but like Cell was supposed to look like. I really think Act too, One so. looks more like Cell than Two. It, it uh, yeah, I guess it does. Uh, it does have the yeah, tail also, though, which kind of looks like the thing that Cell would use to suck off people. Oh no! But uh, yeah, he's also cut his hair to look like Young Polnareff now. Yeah, Young Polnareff album dropping. Yeah, Koichi, the real star of Part Four. <laughs> Kinda, actually. Yeah. Uh, and she touches the banister, and it has the word hot on it, and it burns her hands, and this makes her violent. Well, you skipped, like, the whole thing with, um, Reverbeck 2 is that it writes things which then become real. Like, specifically, yeah. he put Fwoosh on the door, and then when she touched the door, it, like, blew her out. Oh, right, yeah. And then, yeah, he writes hot on the banister, which burns her hand. Yeah. So she like sends her hair all throughout the house and it's like growing in volume and then uh it's like more than Koichi expected, but when it touches him it hits letters on the back of his head that he drew, or I think like the back of his jacket or something, uh and it sends her flying again. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time it like knocks her all the way out to a cliff. Yeah. And uh, so she like latches onto Reverb and like starts strangling it, which strangles Koichi. Mm-hmm. But he's like, "Oh, the ground under you is starting to break. You better let go and grab onto something." And she's like, "Nah." Also, by this point, her hair has turned white. She's turned into a Dengenronpa character, basically. She's oh, constantly no. screaming. Her eye is twitching. She's calling uh, Koichi a limp-dicked bastard. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so, she starts falling off this thing. The ground crumbles. And there's spiky rocks underneath her, but uh, Reverb wrote boingy boing on a rock below, so when she hits it, she springs back up safely. Yep. And, like, some nearby fishermen see this, and they're like, uh, that girl tried to kill herself, and she bounced off a rock, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm not drunk, you're drunk. (laughs) One of them's shit-faced. And then it becomes a tourist trap known as Cape Boingy Boing. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I I like all of these... Morio landmarks. Yeah. So she's back on land and she kind of realizes like, oh, you know, Koichi, even though he's like furious with me and everything, like I was trying to kill him and he was still thinking of a way to save me. Like, that's amazing. What a great guy. This makes me like him even more. Yeah. Fuck. No. No. Well, it's kind of okay because she kind of got the crazy knocked out of her, I guess. I don't, she still seems insane to me, but sure, I guess, I don't know. Nah, eh, she shows up She could later. show up as a, okay, I was gonna say, she could probably show up as a friendly pretty soon, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just can Okuyasu get there just in time to do absolutely nothing. Yep. They're just, just like, take hey, him away. Koichi. Yeah, and now he has good grades, the end. Hooray! Yeah! Uh, manga anime differences oh let's see uh... oh do you want to know what uh, Yukako's stand is called because they also don't name it here uh sure love deluxe which is a pretty that's good that's pretty reference. good yeah, the classic pretty good. classic Sade album love deluxe uh okay manga anime differences oh this is the previous episode Okay. Only one. When Koichi successfully uses echoes to dial the Higashikata res- residence, uh, Josuke and Okuyasu are actually seen answering in an added scene. In addition, Okuyasu is enjoying a frozen yogurt during the segment. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, it actually does say trivia. Oddly, neither this episode nor the previous feature a stand card for Love Deluxe. It's mm. weird that they don't put that anywhere. Yeah, there there was one for like Koichi in the first one, I think. So, yeah. Well, what are we watching next time? Next time. Uh, okay. Yes this this is a great great batch of episodes. This is epi- This will be episodes ten through twelve, which are let's go eat some Italian food through Red Hot Chili Pepper Part Two. Or just chili pepper, depending on your version. Alright, well, 
I will eat some Italian food, but I don't want any red hot chili peppers right now that would upset my stomach. No. But next time... I need some nice spaghetti. We'll be back with Stand and Deliver with the best episode in the entire series, and I highly doubt anything will ever be better than it, so congratulations. Uh, From next week on, it's all downhill. Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, that sounds very brisk and leisurely. Uh Uh-huh. Even though I know that's not how you mean it. I just badly want that to be the case. I'm actually not sure what you mean, but okay. We'll see you next time on Stand Deliver! This is my unending nightmare. It's my internal torment.